Senators, senators, I understand you do not want another emperor, but it seems you have given one. I sympathize with you. I do not want to be an emperor, but it seems I have been chosen one. Perhaps you would take a little moment to sympathize with me. Welcome back from the grave. <laughs> it's uh, episode 11 of the life of Claudius, Papa Bear. Now, oh, as right. I'm sure you have heard by now and you've all heard, yeah. I did, in fact, uh, uh, go splat when I jumped out right. of a plane right. the other day, uh, my birthday last week. <clears throat> um, so, uh, and... Mm-hmm. I just want to remind everyone that uh, it, you know that was my fiftieth birthday, and none of you sent me any fucking gifts. Wow, so the then I died. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I died. So that's but, it. Well, yeah, it was your last opportunity to show me love, and you uh, failed. Actually, basically. all of you failed. A- actually, that that's not quite true. For everybody, if we could just pretend like camps are here for a moment, and who, who hasn't been looking forward to that? Um, if you want to donate now and donate passionately to make up for the guilt that you feel when you didn't send anything to Cam on his birthday before he died, <laughs> I will be erecting, dramatic pause, the Cameron Memorial Library. Now, anything under $100 is really kind of a waste of my time, but I'm going to give you my, pay, my PayPal address. You just send all the money you can, and I will take care of the details. All right? So... Don't even worry mm. about a receipt. That's just stupid paperwork. Mm. Send what you can as mm. often as you can. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. <laughs> There's a silver lining in everything. I can't believe I just Well, said that. I hope anyway, you all feel bad. Um, I hope they do but too. Enjoy, Sons of enjoy this uh, second last episode that I <laughs> uh, recorded before the, my demise. Right. Okay. Uh, if you're listening to this, it's because I'm now dead. Or... Right. Not, I guess, either that's, way. That's um, true, actually. Yeah, you know, I've been kidnapped. I don't know. Something <laughs> like that. In our last episode, um, Asiaticus yeah. uh, committed suicide after being charged with some sort of conspiracy uh, against Claudius. Right. Uh, but it didn't end there. The deaths didn't end there. Uh, as we, I think, briefly mentioned in an earlier episode, mm-hmm. he also, uh, Claudius, this is, had his own son-in-law, Damn. Gnaeus Pompeius Magnus. Right. The much, much younger. <laughs> his own son-in-law, because he was married uh, to Claudius's eldest daughter, Antonia, executed. Damn. Now, as I think we said briefly, Briefly, uh, previously, he said something to do with him being stabbed to death while in bed with his favorite boyfriend. But, mm, I mean, banishment, uh, pun- I don't know, do they have to kill him, stab him right there in the act? I mean, that doesn't sound like law was administered dispassionately. It sounds like someone just went to town. It's a little too pat for me, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Mm. You know, the, the theory is that Messalina had him rubbed out because he was a rival to her and uh, Claudius' son Britannicus as the heir to the throne, or so she thought. Right. Um, you know, but, you know, I guess the whole, oh, well, he was actually uh, fucking around on his wife and I did you all a favour, uh, get out of jail free card, maybe. She's right. trying to play here. 
Yeah, if that is in fact true. And again, as I said at yeah. the end of the last episode, mm-hmm. uh, we have to be very careful with believing the propaganda about Messalina because probably 90% of it is bullshit. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, oh, women are bad. And Claudius, you know, comes out of the histories with a pretty good reputation. He's, he's fairly chill, fairly right. mellow, well-educated, so they can't blame him for a lot of this stuff that's going on, so they have to blame someone. So right. they're blaming Messalina. And later on they're going to blame Agrippina, but right now Messalina. Yeah, and here's another death that didn't have to go through a trial. There didn't have to be no un- uncomfortable questions, just a quick execution, and for better or for worse, the issue is now behind them because it's a dead body. So move on, nothing to see here. Then there was the issue of Gnaeus Domitius Corbulo, uh, yes. the brother-in-law of Caligula, because Sazonia mm-hmm. was his half-sister, Corbulo's half-sister, and he happens to be the father-in-law of Domitian, but that's another story. He right. was off leading his troops in Germany, then gets recalled suddenly, not for being involved in treason or a conspiracy or anything like that, mm-hmm. but because he was being too successful. Yeah, he pulled a Cam and Ray. He's too good. Too good. Want, too good. Yeah. You're too fucking yeah. good. Do we want yeah. to go into the story about the rebellion that he was go, was heading into? At first he didn't know that it was rebellion going on, but when he goes up to the Cherusky, do, do we want to go into that? Or are you just skipping right to we when do. he's being called? Okay, I wasn't no, sure. No, I'm, I'm going to read several pages oh. of Tacitus. All right. Uh, but I, wa- I thought you were going to say, do we want to go into the story about how uh, our being, us being too good Oh well, is, is why we're not more famous or popular? Where like do we people start? don't. Right. They don't invite us to conferences. They don't invite us to their house <laughs> for dinner. They don't listen to our show right. because we're too yeah. good. It's just yeah. like it's sad that we have to be punished for being just too right. good. I, well, I, I think it's it's a sad sign of the state of the world uh, yeah. these days, right? People are denying uh, science, they're denying climate change, and they're denying us and the quality that we bring. I think what hurts me the most is that there is probably out there a cabal against us, keeping us down. It's well-connected. It's got a lot of money. There's, it's spread all over the world, and they're doing whatever George, they can. George Soros, George Soros was behind fucking it. Fucking knew it. Yeah. Fucking knew it. Yeah. But the point is there are, yeah. there are factors and players beyond our control. All we can do is keep bringing you the semi-quality shows that we do week in and week out. That's all we can do. George Soros... Bill Gates and 5G, I think, is what's keeping us down. They're just set up to keep us down. Oh, sons of Anyway. Bitches. Anyway. Corbulo. After Caligula's assassination, his career came to a halt because mm-hmm. he was half-brother of Sazonia. Amazing he wasn't assassinated himself, yes. really. Says a lot. Um, but then Claudius appointed him commander of the armies of Germany in 47. Uh, he had to deal with some major rebellions over there, and then he got recalled. Here's Tacitus's uh, telling of the story. Mm-hmm. It was in this same year that the Cherusci asked Rome for a king. They had lost all their nobles in their civil wars, and there was left but one scion of the royal house, Italicus, 
by name, who lived at Rome. On the father's side, he was descended from Flavus, the brother of Arminius, Erman the German. Right. His mother was a daughter of Catumarus, the chief of the Chatty tribe. Wow, blue blood. The youth, the youth himself was of distinguished beauty, yes. a skillful horseman oh, yeah. and swordsman, both after our fashion and that of his country. So the emperor made him a present of money, furnished him with an escort, and bade him enter with a good heart on the honours of his house. Never before, he said, had a native of Rome, no hostage but a citizen, gone to mount a foreign throne. Wow. And I'm going, well, what about uh, yeah. Mark Antony? He went yeah. to Mount Cleopatra and, and Mount her throne. Right. Uh, so, I don't know, Claudius really. It sounds good. Like he knows his history, but yeah. he doesn't know it as well as I know it. Right. Well, no I'm just does. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah, just saying. I mean, maybe it's because uh, Marcus Antonius was a damnatio memorore at this stage. So no, but he was Claudius's. He was Claudius's great great granddaddy. Right. So no, he's like he should know. He'd go well, except for my great great grandpapa. Right, but Papa is, Mark, isn't it a good line to launch a young man who who you hope goes up there, charms the pants off yeah. all those fucking Germans, and doesn't give Rome any trouble for a very Long time. Never before <laughs> in the fields of human of endeavor. And people are like, yes, they have. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> well, I send a beautiful looking German. Mm, yes, north to take care of so many problems. Let's see if it works out. At first, his arrival was welcome to the Germans and they crowded to pay him court for he was untainted by any spirit of faction, and showed the same hearty goodwill to all, practising sometimes the courtesy and temperance, which can never offend, but oftener those excesses of wine and lust in which barbarians delight. Mm. He was like, party! (laughs) Let's (laughs) get it on! Dance on my pole! Frank the Tank! Right, let's go! Frank the Tank! Me to pop you up. He was winning fame among his neighbours and even far beyond them, when some who had found their fortune in party feuds, jealous of his power, fled to the tribes on the border, protesting that Germany was being robbed of her ancient freedoms and that the might of Rome was on the rise. Is there really, they said, no native of this country to fill the place of king without raising the son of the spy Flavus above all his fellows. It is idle to put forward the name of Arminius. Had even the son of Arminius come to the throne after growing to manhood on a hostile soil, he Mm. might well be dreaded, corrupted as he would be by the bread of dependence, by slavery, by luxury, by all foreign habits. But if Italicus had his father's spirit, no man, be it remembered, had ever waged war against his country and his home more savagely than that father. So uh, I seem to recall uh, Flavus was the... uh, uh, 
There was some internal now, strife was, going on. Was he the guy that betrayed Arminius to the Romans, or was it? I thought it was Arminius's uncle. Yeah, but then there was a lot of fighting going on, him. and the Romans weren't all on this. Uh, shit, the Germans weren't all on the same side. Maybe he met oh, some of them were supporting yeah, later the Later on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Later on, they all had a civil Drusus, war. Mm. Yeah. Or something. Mm, 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 mm. By these and like appeals, they collected a large force. No less numerous were the partisans of Italicus. He was no intruder, they said, on an unwilling people. He had obeyed a call. Superior as he was to all others of noble birth, should they not put his valour to the test and mm. see whether he showed himself worthy of his uncle Arminius and his grandfather Catumarus? He need not blush because his father had never relinquished the loyalty, which, with the consent of the Germans, he had promised to Rome. Mm. The name of liberty was a lying pretext in the mouths of men who, base in private, dangerous in public life, had nothing to hope except from civil discord. The people enthusiastically applauded him. After a fierce conflict among the barbarians, the king was victorious. Subsequently, in his good fortune, he fell into a despot's pride, was dethroned, was restored by the help of the Langobardi, and still, in prosperity or adversity, did mischief to the interests of the Cheruscan nation. Damn. There goes that experiment. Well, that's... Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah, that up. brought up in Rome, you send him, and he's just he's just fucking bad. Cocky. Didn't learn anything. No. Yeah. Cock. Yeah. Cock. <laughs> Tacitus <laughs> continues. Yes. It was yes. during the same period that the Chelsea, free as it happened from dissension at home, and emboldened by the death of Sanquinius, made, while Cobulo was on his way, an inroad into Lower Germany under the leadership of Ganascus. Mm. This man was of the tribe of the Canina Fates and had served long as our auxiliary, had then deserted and, getting some light vessels, had made piratical descents, especially on the coast of Gaul, inhabited, he knew, by a wealthy and unwarlike population. (laughs) Corbulo... The French, they're yes, like, oh, 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 we do not. Uh, you take everything. Yes, we yeah. have the white flag. It is always up. Uh, surrender. <laughs> Cobulo, meanwhile, entered the province with careful preparation and soon winning a renown of which that campaign was the beginning, he brought his triremes oh, up the channel of the Rhine and the rest of his vessels up the estuaries and canals to which they were adapted. Having sunk the enemy's flotilla, driven out Ganascus and brought everything into good order, he restored the discipline of former days among legions which had forgotten the labours and toils of the soldier and delighted only in plunder. Damn. No one was to fall out of line, no one was to fight without orders. At the outposts on guard in the duties of day and of night, they were always to be under arms. They were always to be under arms. Yeah. One soldier, it was said, had suffered death for working at the trenches without his sword. Another for wearing nothing as he dug but his poniard. It's like you don't put your, don't put your gun down, soldier. Right. Put your gun down, you die. Right. And These extreme die. and... These extreme and possibly false stories at least had their origin in the general's real severity. I mm-hmm. love Tacitus. He goes, yeah, those stories, probably fake news. But he was tough. I just got to say yes. that. <laughs> probably propaganda, those stories. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
He calls bullshit on stuff. I love it. And I don't know if you're going to read anymore, but uh, Corbulo's Yes, I am. Okay, just to say that his quick and intense uh, military response had the desired effect for some. We may be sure that he was strict and implacable to serious offences when such sternness in regard to trifles could be believed of him. The fear thus inspired variously affected his own troops and the enemy. Our men gained fresh valour. The barbarians felt their pride broken. Mm. The Frisians, who had been hostile or disloyal since the revolt which had been begun by the defeat of Lucius Apronius, gave hostages and settled down on territories marked out by Corbulo, who at the same time gave them a senate, magistrates and a constitution. Damn. Sounds like Napoleon. Yeah. That might not throw off their obedience. He built a fort among them while he sent envoys to invite the greater Chelsea to submission and to destroy Ganascus by stratagem. This stealthy attempt on the life of a deserter and a traitor was not unsuccessful, nor was it anything ignoble. Yet the Chelsea were violently roused by the man's death, and Corbulo was now sowing the seeds of another revolt, thus getting a reputation which many liked, but of which many thought ill. Why, men asked, was he irritating the foe? His disasters will fall on the state. If he is successful, so famous a hero will be a danger to peace, and a formidable Mm. subject for a timid emperor. Claudius accordingly forbade fresh attacks on Germany so emphatically as to order the garrisons to be withdrawn to the left bank of the Rhine. Corbulo was actually preparing to encamp on hostile soil when the dispatch reached him. Surprised as he was, as many as were the thoughts which crowded on him, thoughts of peril from the emperor, of scorn from the barbarians, of ridicule from the allies, he said nothing but this. Happy the Roman generals of old and gave the signal for retreat. To keep his soldiers free from sloth, he dug a canal of 23 miles in length between the Rhine and the Meusa as a means of avoiding the uncertain perils of the ocean. The emperor, though he had forbidden war, yet granted him triumphal distinctions. Yeah. So... Badass, Corbulo. Yes. I, I don't know who's more afraid of him, his own soldiers or the fucking Germans, but the point is this guy don't take shit off anybody. He was doing a great job, but but his critics are not wrong. If he does a great job compared to Claudius, that's, you know, you might want to maybe back him. If he does a shit job and his army gets destroyed, suddenly the uh, the northern door to Rome is open from Germany, so... Why Why take that chance? Just put the people down, do what you got to do, and, and stop right there. But no, that's not Corbulo's way. He wants to, you know, this guy was a deserter. The guy was a deserter. Got to get rid of him. You got to teach him a lesson. And uh, But there were those in Rome who thought he was going too far. Yeah. Too successful. Yeah. Uh, Again, I us. did like this other quote. Corbulo right. is said to have said, you defeat the enemy with a pickaxe. <sighs> Ooh. Yeah. Well, remember, the Romans are engineers as well as warriors. They'll, uh, you know, they can put up something you can't break and then they'll kick your ass while you're trying to do it. So that's why they're And having played way too many hours of Minecraft in the last few (laughs) weeks with Fox, I agree. In Minecraft, you defeat the enemy with a pickaxe too. Right. Uh, you, you let gotta them build break themselves. You got to mine. You got to build. No, you got to build. Yeah, you got to build walls. Right. Got to build moats. 
Got to build mines, dig up the diamonds, make the diamond sword. Wow. Got to use your pickaxe. Pickaxe will be in your hand 10 times more than your sword will be. Or a penis. Well, I, I personally, I have them both in my hand at the same time, if I can. Fox I was, is like, what, what oh, are you doing? True story. Yeah. True story. True oh story. My God. I, I went to pick up Fox from school yesterday. Right. And uh, um, he was hiding from me when I got there. Um, of course. I have to hunt him down. Whenever he sees me to pick him up, he goes and hides with his friends. And his friends come out and go, ah, oh, haven't seen him. I don't know where he is. And he's hiding <laughs> no. in the bushes or something. He, and I, was, I can hear him laughing, you know. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, when he finally came up to me, his first words to me were, I love you, you fucking asshole." <laughs> Did he look, where did he get that language from? Chrissy? Yeah, Chrissy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he loves you. Yeah, well, that's, that's yeah. The, that's the, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What, oh, that hurt. Okay. Well, proud, love proud, is love. Proud daddy, proud daddy moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where were we? So Corbulo returned to Rome, was given triumphal honours. Then he seems to have been sent back to Germany. Yeah. Uh, I think Claudius just wanted to eyeball him. Yeah, suss Like, he yeah, did, me... did a Larry David on him. He's right. getting into his eyes and he's like, can right. I trust you? Okay. Are you conspiring against me, yeah. really? Did he oh. gave him the old eyeballing. He didn't say anything. He just called him back, called him into his chamber in the palace right. and just... Can I trust you, Corbett? went absolutely sigh, and he just eyeballed him for like right. 60 seconds and then just went, all right, you can go back. God. And that was it. He just went back. Um, <clears throat> more about Corbulo when we get to Nero. Yes. Well, when you get to Nero, I'm obviously dead. But right when now. we get to Nero, when you get to Nero, you right. will tell them more about Corbulo. I should start a laugh track. I've got one and a half episodes to come up with a laugh track. Anyway. Well, just... Yeah. yeah, just record. Well, you got the recordings of everything I've said. You just That's do a soundboard. True. Oh yes. Uh, hey, I'll just say, look, I'll say this a lot. Get this out. Nero, 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 and Nero, Nero, and the series is done. I can do the right. rest. I'll just finish up with Claudius. Hit Nero. Boom. Put it to bed. Uh, fun fact. Yeah. In a Love new them. film called The Legion, right? Corbulo is being played by Mickey fucking Rourke. Oh my god. They're going hardcore. They're going hard. Gotta tell you, yeah. Corbulo would be happy with that. Yes. I gotta he would be like, oh, I, I mean, okay, I Mickey looks like a f- I approve. Yeah. I mean he looks he, he looks like a fucking Zombie out of Minecraft, but right. uh, still or, Mickey Rourke. Under that, under that weird-looking face, plastic right. surgery face, he's still Mickey Rourke. I need you to do the Mickey Rourke voice, but in Italian, say something like, I approve, that's a good choice, or that's good for me, you know, something along those lines. In Italian? In Italian, because that's how uh, Corbulo would say it. Well, he would have said it in Latin, really. Shit. Um, Damn. Yeah. Well, whose yeah. fault is it for not learning Latin? Cam. Yeah, well, that's next. I do Italian, then Latin. <laughs> okay. It's, my, then it's the a, gateway drug. Become a doctor. Into Latin. Gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Mickey. Mickey Rock talks like this now. He's, 
He's got this gravelly. Yeah. Yeah. New York accent. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, Mickey Rock. Hey. It's down here. It's down in the gonads, his voice. Hey. But back in the day, I showed Chrissy a Mickey Rourke film just right. a few weeks ago. We watched uh, the one with him and Eric Roberts, um, The Pope of Greenwich Village. Oh, God. That is old. 1984, yes. Daryl Hannah. Yes. Burt Young. Uh, honestly, did not stand up as well as... Right. Um, I had hoped um, because just yeah, just didn't. I loved it at the time yeah. uh, when I saw it. But I will say this, Mickey Rourke, fucking gold. Eric Roberts, gold. Daryl Hannah, hot. Right. And Burt Young, gold. Burt Young's always gold. Like yeah. you never get a bad Burt Young performance. Burt oh, Young, man. just the greatest. From He was from the Rocky movies through to uh, The Sopranos, this... You never get a bad Burt yeah. Young performance. Um, R.I.P. Burt Young. Mm. Um, actually, he's still alive. So <laughs> st- do good that. work. Don't Burt. <laughs> Fuck, I did it again. Uh, Paulie. Uh, he's 80. Shit. Good well, he died him. in The Sopranos. So uh, that kind of counts. in real life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because of you? Because of you and Mr. Michael Ironside, I had to go back and rewatch Starship Troopers. <laughs> Oh, my oh. God. How great is that movie, oh, man? Just, uh, just when you're willing to put a knife through someone's hand who's on your side just to make a point, yeah. that's commitment. Yeah. I want to work with that person. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> another another movie Burt Young was in? Yeah. I break a one-nine. This is a rubber duck. Oh, really? You got a coffee on me, Big Bang of Monk. Now yeah. I got to go watch Convoy. Come back. But I got to say, in Pope of Greenwich Village, uh, Eric Roberts worth watching for nothing else, just for Eric Roberts' performance. I mean, Mickey Rourke's gorgeous, right. gorgeous man, sex on a stick, <laughs> smoothest motherfucker ever right. in it, just smooth, sexy, just dripping with sex. <laughs> Mickey Rourke in this film, just ah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would totally do Mick, 1984 Mickey Rourke. <laughs> Eric Roberts is his like pathetic cousin that he loves. who's a complete fuck up, right. and he's always trying to you know get him out of trouble. Jeez. Great performance, a little bit over the top, a little bit over the top. Eric Roberts' performance, but great. Uh, right. Give him top marks for it. Check that out. Man. Over the top, but in a good way. In a good way. Gotcha. Uh, there's a statue of Corbulo, by the way, in Voorburg in the Netherlands. So road trip. Yeah. Uh, now, after Magnus, uh, Pompeius Magnus, the very, very younger, was executed, right. Claudia Antonia, Claudius's daughter, was married off to Cornelius Faustus Sulla Felix. Oh, that's a hell Who of was a... he, Ray? Um, was he the grand, great-grandson of Sulla? I don't even know how many generations have passed by now. Yes, uh, possibly. Uh, but uh, he had a, a relationship to someone uh, oh. more uh, relevant to the storyline. Um, he was Messalina's brother. Oh, so he gets the honor of having a, an arranged marriage for him by her, no less. To her stepdaughter. That's hot. Is it? <laughs> is it? 
not in the, not in the clear light of day, but like at 2 a.m., a couple of uh, edibles in you, it's fucking hot. Anyway, <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he, yeah, she is her brother marries uh, her stepdaughter, her husband's daughter. Um, she bore him, Antonia this is, bore Felix a child who died tragically before his second birthday. Mm, typical. Yeah. Now, well, probably poisoned by Messalina because he might have been a rival to Britannicus. Right, who knows? But probably not because now we get to the end of Messalina. But we've got some great stories. Now, keep in mind what I said in the last episode. These are these stories. Right. Probably a little bit mean and nasty and propagandistic. Let's not believe them necessarily is 100% true. It's probably some truth in there, but how much we don't know. Right. Now, Dio says that Messalina not only acted as a prostitute in the palace, she encouraged or forced other women of the highest rank to do it too. Huh. Again, that just... And... Right. Right. There is one story that she actually had a competition with an actual prostitute (laughs) to see who could fuck the most men in a single night. Go with your strengths. That's what I always said. Now, this... Story appears in Book Ten of Pliny the Elder's Natural History. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got another quote from Pliny and uh, his Natural History when I was reading it, uh, which I posted on Facebook the other day. It was where he said, uh, "Spitting in your urine is a good luck charm, <laughs> as is spitting in your shoe. I think it was your right shoe before you put it on. Sounds right. It's going to save you from danger." Um, now, Pliny the Elder obviously uh, famously died trying <coughs> to save people in Pompeii. He forgot to spit. And I just I just imagine him like he's like, oh, fuck, this was bad. Uh, I could die here. Whipping down his toga, whipping open his toga, pissing on the ground and furiously spitting on it. Right. Taking his sandal off, spitting in that, putting it back on and going, yeah. come on, spit, right. come on, spit. <laughs> I'm dry. I'm dry. And ironically, by the time he did all that, the lava had caught up with him. They probably died like everyone else from the uh, gas. Right, right. The uh, sulfur gas that would have flooded out of Pompeii. Did you see somebody, I think it was Big Billy, um, posted on our Facebook page last week that uh, Pompeii, they're looking for someone to run Pompeii. Yes, I've already submitted an application. You you submitted? Yeah. Oh, great. That'd be good, yeah. We should go do that. Yeah. Well, I would if I was still alive, but <laughs> sadly. Well, what I did was, and this is, and this is going to sound morbid, and I, I don't mean it to. On the application, I simply just put a picture of us, and above your head, I put a question mark. And I just <laughs> sent it to him. So hopefully everything I works I thought you out. would put a halo. Just a <laughs> well, halo above we'll my see. head. And Maybe. some angel wings. <laughs> I might have to replace the question mark with an halo, and I'm totally ready to do that. But let's just wait to see what happens. I love the suspense, by the way. I wonder how much podcasting competition there is in heaven. Have Am I the first 
like you know mm-hmm. major podcaster to have died like uh, oh. will, will I have the market to myself I think I th- in heaven I think yes or Elysium or wherever I end up as far as mm. I know the big names are still alive I'm going to be I'm going to be I'm going to be you know breaking new ground yet again <laughs> And then I'll be doing it for five years, and then and Dan Carlin will die, uh, and then Mark Maron will die, right? And, then and fucking like Joe Cam, Rogan will die. Cam who? And they'll yeah, yeah they'll all yeah. take over, and I'll be like, oh, you yeah. cunts, <laughs> fucking. I had a good thing. Maybe maybe there's no big podcasters in hell, huh? 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 Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I'll have to start. You know, fucking some bitches in heaven and get kicked out. Right. Hello, <laughs> look what I'm doing. <laughs> Sticking it in a poop shoot. Come on, surely this is against some That's rule. Right. Yeah, I'm not spreading the seed. I'm just having a good time. That can't. That doesn't sound right. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I'm breaking the rules. Uh, let me read Pliny. He says, um, actually, yeah. so it's in book ten, and book ten is mostly about birds. This is, this is fa- fabulous. I love this. So book 10 is all about birds. birds. Bird after bird right. after bird. He goes, this bird's great. The sparrow, the swallow, the dove, the right. pigeon, the emu, the, the, you know, the fucking hummingbird. Right at the end, he goes, human reproduction. I'm like, what? <laughs> Wait, how, what? Uh, just huh? before, chap- chapter yeah. 11 is about insects. It's like he was writing and he finished up the birds and he was like, oh, before I start insects, I've got to tell you this story. He got horny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he got a little he wrote, twinge. Yeah. Man is the only animal whose first experience of mating is accompanied by regret. That's not true. I was like, whoa, hey, what? Yeah. Hey. She might, she might regret it. I'm good. <laughs> oh, no, no <laughs> one has ever regretted having sex with me except maybe my ex-wives. I don't know, but... Uh, and maybe you, I don't know, but still, um, uh, no one, yeah. I never regretted a single thing. No. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Huh. And he says, this is indeed an augury for life derived from a regrettable origin. All other animals have fixed seasons during the year for mating, but man, as has been stated, has intercourse at any hour of the day or night. Hell Yeah. Until you get married, and then they're too <laughs> tired. So, and, uh, it's more self-love. Yeah. yeah. But then uh, he recommends uh, get them a little bit, get a little bit of weed in them. A little bit of, a little, little bit <laughs> high. Not too high. Just high enough. Mm, three or four puffs. It's probably enough for them to uh, oh lose their stress and anxiety. Right. And, Get horny. Yeah. Yeah. All other animals, he says, derive satisfaction from having mated. Man gets almost none. Like, what? I'm sorry, you're Plenty. Do, doing it I wrong. think you're doing it wrong, yeah. Plenty. Yeah, yeah, you're doing yeah. it wrong. Are you finishing? Because, I mean, do you need a blue pill? He's, what? He goes on to say, uh, after you've f- pulled your cock out of her <laughs> ear, there is nothing. And I'm like, oh, well, See, that's. There we go. There we go. That's the problem. Yeah. Then. He has this verse, deviant behaviour. Yes. Messalina, the wife of Claudius Caesar, thinking it would be a royal triumph, chose to compete (laughs) against a certain young servant girl who was a most notorious prostitute. And over a 24-hour period... I'm done. ...beat her record by having sex with 25 men. 
In the human race, males have devised every kind of sexual deviation, crimes against nature. Women, for their part, have invented abortion. How much more shameful are we in our sex life than wild animals? Hesiod records that men are keener on sexual intercourse in winter and women in summer. <laughs> I'm more of a spring and fall person myself, but that's fine. I'm not, there's no judgment here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 25 men in a 24-hour period, Messalina, according to Pliny the Younger. So each one a little less than an hour. That's a lot of... Well, they're assuming that she didn't sleep. Right, 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 right. Maybe right. she was asleep for some of this. She's like, oh, I'm sleeping. Doesn't matter. It still counts. It still does. I've got does. servants that are watching and ticking off the right. box. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can do, like, they finish in three minutes. Right. Get I can counter. fit, like, 20 yeah. click, in, click. in just a couple of hours. It's right. easy. Easy peasy Japanese. <laughs> um, just tie my legs up. Uh, you, you servant there with the lube. Right. Off you go. Done. Here is a clip from I, Claudius, where Messalina is introduced to the whore she's competing with by Menesta. Permit me to introduce myself. My name is Menesta. I am an actor. Most people have heard of me. My name is Scylla, and I'm a whore. Everybody's heard of me. <laughs> Allow me to introduce you to the Lady Messalina, your challenger. And the emperor's wife. This is Scylla the Sicilian, and anybody's wife. <laughs> I am honoured. You are most welcome. They said you were beautiful, but their praise did you small justice. You are most generous. And it was sporting of you to accept the challenge. Sporting? I see, there's no money in it. <laughs> You're here for the honour, woman, and to defend your reputation. Would you defend yours for nothing, Greek? Lady, I'm a professional. I work for money. The honour I gladly leave to you. <laughs> what impudence! She expects to be paid, and in this company. <laughs> the difference between you and me, actor, is you're a snob and I'm not. And the difference between this great lady and myself is that my work is her hobby. My hobby happens to be gardening, for which I don't expect to be paid. <laughs> you shall have your money. Shall we say five? Three gold pieces ahead. Ahead seems an odd way to describe it. <laughs> Win or lose, of course. That seems satisfactory. Satisfactory? You've never earned so much in a whole year. This Greek will drive me to distraction. Nothing I say pleases him. Let us begin. Which side of the bed do you prefer? Left or right? Lady, give me a support for my back and let the games begin, as they say. <laughs> let the games begin! Great scene. It's just... Jesus. And the yeah. The woman who plays Scylla, the prostitute, an actress by the name of Charlotte Howard, um, still alive. I won't kill her off easily. <laughs> oh, uh, not acting anymore. Last thing at IMDb is 1991. Uh, yeah, she worked a lot in the 70s. Mm -hmm. 
See, late sixties and the seventies. Um, she is fantastic in that scene. Yes. So is so is the actress who plays uh, Messalina. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Sheila Sheila White. Mm. Also, she's no longer with us. Died in two thousand and eighteen. Right. Oh. Uh, but great performance. Like just oh, yeah. laying on the laying on the sexy laying on the sexy. Right. She didn't work much. Uh, after this, I Claudius nineteen seventy six. She did the film nineteen seventy seven, one in nineteen seventy nine, one in nineteen eighty. That's it. Done. But uh, she's great. Oh, really yes. great in oh, this. Yeah. Very believable. Great, sexy. Both of them very sexy. Love it. Yeah. So uh, that's that story. And then apparently, Messalina decided. She not, wasn't enough to fuck every man in Rome. She was also going to marry all of right. the men she fucked. Jesus. And, and just to give you an idea, and again, because we want to avoid theories, we want to avoid kind of the propaganda that's been handed down through, uh, through the centuries or whatever, she does seem to have been in a very strong position to take a chance like this because you and I hear about this. We're like, this is fucking crazy. There's no way this is going to end well. But if you think about it so far, she's gotten away with everything that she's done. And according to Dio, she's got a lockdown on the government. She's got Callistus. She's got Narcissus. She's got Pallas and they're in charge of different parts of the government. Um, even though they work with uh, Claudius as well, I think they truly are either loyal to her or they fear her. And so she does have a pretty good lockdown on things. And I think it's that kind of safety net of security that makes her think this is going to be okay. Just because you're bored doesn't mean you get to go out and shatter all the norms of Rome. But apparently she had something like that in mind. And she seemed to get off on it. Mm. Well, unfortunately for her, her plot was ruined on her first attempt. Oh, sorry. Apparently, uh, she got betrayed by one of Claudius's freedmen uh, when yeah. she had another one of them, Gaius Julius Polybius, executed. Now, Polybius oh. was something like a secretary and researcher for Claudius, helped him write mm. his histories. Uh, according to Dio, was given special favours to walk between the consuls when Claudius was out and about. Damn. Um, you know, he was he, he was basically just there to take down everything Claudius said. Uh, right. Claudius, not 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 unlike me when I was still alive, <laughs> liked to just walk around, just going. Um, Espousing. You know, when uh, yeah. Alexander the Great uh, was getting ready for his battle strategy against uh, Xerxes, yeah. or Darius III, uh, one of the things that people don't often know is, and, uh, you know, he would just be there, <laughs> Polybius would just be there writing it down, scribbling it down. Oh, they're going to fucking love this. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's great oh, stuff. Oh. Dramatic pause. Blog post. He's yeah. writing blog posts on his yeah. tablet as he went. <laughs> Now, Dio claims that she had Polybius executed because she got tired of fucking him or the other way around. Right. Oh, shit. She was fucking Claudius's secretary. I'm bored with you. Uh, yeah, and got bored with it. Now, uh, Polybius was probably the father of another prominent politician, Gaius Julius Polybius, whose right. house was found in Pompeii. Nice. Definitely road trip. Indeed. 
Yeah. Very Can nice. I ask you real quick, do you think Heather's ever going to get tired of... Never mind. <laughs> I just made myself sad. Well, anyway. yes. <laughs> really? Uh, I have it on good authority. She's tired every night uh, from it, not tired of it. Of it. Ah, yeah. shit. Okay, where's my... Yeah, very tired cookie? from it and right. sore. Very, uh, very well. sore, but, but in a good way. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> sore. Anyway... She tells me it's her abs that, you know, she, like, great ab workout. Right. Like, she comes 15 huh. times and she's clenching. Right. And he, and he knows how to he knows how to keep her on edge. Right. He knows how to tickle oh, her I can the tell. Like, keeps her I, on I edge for hours. Yeah. She's, like, clenching the abs. I mean, I'm like, uh, I'm watching. Like, you, you could yeah. you could grill a steak on her abs. Well, no, like, what, I guess what hurts is that, like, I'll watch an entire season of a, of a TV show, like... The, uh, the IT crowd, and at the end of it, I'm oh that was good, and then Heather will go oh that was good, and I'm like, is she watching it too? What what? Anyway, yeah, they yeah. just go for a whole season. Anyway, I don't want to talk. You're about like, it. I don't want to talk. What's why is your door still locked? <laughs> I, I, I locked the door. Let me in. <laughs> You're like oh you don't want to come in right now. No, you hate come yourself. in, but before you do. <laughs> You want to put some wet boots on, some gloves, because uh, there's some fluid. I'm just going to tell there's you some right spillage. now. some <laughs> spillage. I pulled out and, uh, well, there's a mess. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> when she executed Polybius, right. the, free, the other freedman right. in uh, Claudius's inner circle decided she had to go. Yes. Apparently, she went ahead and married one of her lovers, Gaius Silius. Right. Now, this guy was the son of the Silius who Tiberius had executed. He was one of Germanicus's loyal generals and was a supporter Ooh. of Agrippina. And when right. you know, Tiberius go. and Sejanus was trying to take all the, the Agrippina supporters out, he went. This guy fucking and marries, according to all of the ancient histories, right. uh, Messalina while she's still married to Claudius. Now, the histories describe him, Silius the son, as an intelligent, noble, and attractive man, mm -hmm. much like I was while I was still alive. Right. <laughs> um, he had already been married to Junior Lepidus Solana, member of the aristocracy, but divorced her in 47 so he could marry Messalina. Oh, my God. And t tell me if, if I've got this right, because there's two different, at least two different sources. One, not only do they get married as Claudius has gone to Ostia, but she puts him up in a royal residence. She gives him Claudius's best heirlooms. And so somehow she either makes him or appoints him to be consul. So she's going all out. I, I don't understand what how she thought she was going to get away with this, but she seems to be. I guess you would if you're going to do it, you go all the way. It just it's, it yeah. baffles me. Okay, totally well, baffles me. Well, well, we'll dig into what okay. was really going on in a right. minute. But let's tell the rest of the story. So, uh, she as you said, she waited until Claudius went out of town to Ostia, the the, the ancient port of Rome, to visit the mm -hmm. new harbor he was constructing to bring in the grain supplies. Right. And this is what Tacitus has to say. She had grown so frantically enamoured of Gaius Silius, the handsomest of the young nobility of Rome, that she drove from his bed, Junius Solana, a high-born lady, and had her lover wholly to herself. 
Silius was not unconscious of his wickedness and his peril, but a refusal would have ensured destruction, and he had some hope of escaping exposure. The prize, too, was great, so he consoled himself by awaiting the future and enjoying the present. As for her, careless of concealment, she went continually with a numerous retinue to his house. She haunted his steps, showered on him wealth and honours, and at last, as though empire had passed to another, the slaves, the freedmen, and the very furniture of the emperor were to be seen in the possession of the paramour. Oh, my God. So she's just she got the removalist to back the fucking truck up to the palace, <laughs> filled it, yeah. took it to this guy's house. Yeah, follow me. Yeah. Now, this is strange. Right. Uh, and I'll explain why later. But that's it's it's doesn't make a lot of sense when you take it in full context of how you explain this. But l- let me ask you this, and, I, and, and stop me if I'm going too far, but Dio says at first... Um, Solias was like, yeah, we're having fun. This is great sex or whatever. But then it comes to a point where he wants it to get out in the open because his theory is, according to what he tells her, is that like, as long as we're quiet, we're doing something bad as in secret and we can get in trouble. But if we come out in the open, people who really want us to take over and who really want um, Claudius gone will rally to our side in the open and we can take this guy out. So for him, it was like, if we're going to do this, let's do it all the way. And from what I could tell, she wasn't crazy about this at first, but she maybe thought she might lose him or something like that. And maybe she was truly fascinated, enamored with him or whatever. And so at some point, you're right, they do make this decision and now they've carried it out to this extreme end. Yeah, Dio says she caused Gaius Silius, son of the Silius slain by Tiberius, mm. to be registered as her husband, celebrated the marriage in costly fashion, bestowed a royal residence upon him, in which she had already brought together the most valuable of Claudius's heirlooms, Jeez. and finally she appointed him consul. Now, all these doings, though for some time they had been either heard about or witnessed by everybody else, continued right. to escape the notice of Claudius. But finally, when he went down to Ostia to inspect the grain supply and she was left behind in Rome on the pretext of being ill, she got up a banquet of no little renown and carried on a most licentious revel. Jeez. She knows how to have a good time. Now, it was apparently Claudius's freedman Narcissus who apparently told him what was going on, but he didn't tell him directly... (laughs) He got... Claudius's mistresses given right. to him by Messalina to tell wow. him the news mid sucking his dick. He was like, yeah. Well, by the way, <laughs> way um, I haven't met him by then. Uh, Narcissus said to tell you. Unfortunately, Claudius could understand he spoke, him. He, was, he spoke cock talk. <laughs> Yeah, he was being co- cockholded, cockholded, and he spoke cock talk. He's fluent. <laughs> so he was like, "What, Gadzoo?" In fact, yeah, he yeah. understood people better when they oh. had a cock in their mouth. He was always, I'm gonna try he was that. always saying, well, "I'm sorry, I can't. Yeah. I didn't quite." Could you look? I have Jim, an idea. Can, look, hold on. I have an idea. Yeah, pull open his toga. <laughs> Just. Just take this in your mouth and then repeat that. Say it slowly. Oh, Lots of tongue. Yeah, right. I right. got you. 
I'm with you now. I get you. Right, 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 right. You, you know. Oh, my God. Well, let me just throw in real quick that the three freedmen, Callistus, Narcissus, and Pallas, were actually thinking about doing something about this. But you're right. The other two back down, Narcissus is the one who's going to go ahead with it. But nobody wants to go up to a guy and go, you're not married anymore or your wife is, you know, married to someone else. So, yeah, you get some horse, someone that the guy's not going to want to strike out at because they've slept with him. They tell him the story as far as they understand it, and only then does Narcissus come into Claudius's presence to back up, support, or fill in anything that might have been left out through the cock top. Yeah, now Narcissus tells him that, uh, look, he's like, listen, boss, yeah. uh, I, didn't, I didn't want to have to no. be the one to have this conversation with you, uh, Please quite remember honestly. That. It, yeah. yeah, I don't want to be here. But... Right. The reason I'm doing it is because I'm worried that your life is at risk and not in the usual ways. This time, I think, unfortunately, it's your wife who is behind the threat. Ironically, Claudia said, I'm sorry, I can't understand what you're saying. Could you pop my cock in your mouth? And Narcissus, like in for a penny, in for a pound, did what he had to do. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Now... Claudius, he tells him that he thinks she's going to murder him and have Solius replace him. So Claudius rushed back to Rome where he was met by Messalina on the road with their children. Uh, She obviously got word that he was coming back quickly, uh, you know, got the the old spray gun, gave herself a quick wash in the (laughs) nether regions. Right. Uh, sprayed, yeah, sprayed on a bit of cologne and, uh, you know, ixnay on right. the arage may and then dashed <laughs> off to right. present a good front. The leading but, Vestal Virgin, Vibidia, yes. mm-hmm. apparently came to entreat Claudius not to condemn Messalina. So she must know, Messalina this is, that you know, the, the word is out. Yeah. Well, one, Messalina is smart enough to send her two children, um, Octavia and Britannicus, go to your father. That's something that she normally did, but this time she's like hoping to stir some um, some feelings of family, whatever. And you're right, the uh, Vestal Virgin goes, look, she is a lady, she's your wife, she's married, and she's also the, the top lady of this town. You can't just condemn and kill her. You have to hear her defense. So I think between the children coming up and and, and this uh, Vestal Virgin saying that, I think Claudius is like, okay, all right, I'll hear her out. But, you know, obviously this is far from over. Yeah. Actually, he said to the Vestal Virgin, I'm sorry, what what, what did you did say? You... I couldn't quite. <laughs> he I goes, listen, you can still be a virgin yeah. Oh, yeah, if you that's take the it beauty. in your mouth. That's the beauty. Yeah. Or ass. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know? yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it. Anyway, he so, then visited yes. the house of Solius, where he found all of his shit. Hey, that looks familiar. Yeah, that looks. <laughs> uh, and then he went immediately to the barracks, where there was apparently a court martial for Solius, oh, who shit. offered no defence and said, "Yep, you got me, Gov. Fair yeah. cop." Uh, and just I was, requested a quick death, yeah. which, I as deep. I understand it, yeah. he got. Yeah. Because 
that's that's got to happen. I mean, first of all, you got to get all your stuff back. Second of all, you got to reclaim your manhood by killing the guy who's stooping your wife, uh, probably more times than Claudius has had. But again, it's not over with because I think Claudius sends her a message: be ready on the morrow to answer questions or to you know to present your side of it, even though it's all crazy. I think he's going to go through with this and there's going to be a conversation. Well, Messalina apparently tried to get into the palace to talk Claudius down, but wasn't allowed in. Narcissus refused her entry and uh, gave her a a list of her various offences. Right. Um, But, you know, Claudius was a softie. And so he asked to see her in the morning for a private Mm -hmm. interview. Uh, and, And it seemed like he was like, look... So she fucked a few thousand <laughs> guys. I mean, really? Right. And, and you know, 25 in a day, and she gave yeah. all my shit to a guy, and she married a guy, but, and they were conspiring to have me killed. But really, outside of that, <laughs> I mean, name one she's thing. been a great wife, I have right, to say. Yeah, she gave me two mom. great mistresses. Yes. And, yes. you know, you, you know how hard it is to find a wife who will set you up with hot mistresses? I mean, I come have, on. I haven't found one yet. Uh, yeah. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. But and you even Yeah. You even waited. You didn't have sex for 5 years. Right. At least I, I was hoping it would build up. But the least no. you think she could have done was organize some mistresses for you during that time and you know afterwards. What? You're fucking right. Particularly when she particularly You're when she took a lover right herself. What about I, me? I think she's got a lot to answer for. What about, what about, about me? Oh, what about this? It I'm born into fair. my penis. What about this? I want some mistresses. I want my share. Can't you see? Thank you. I want to live. But you just fuck more than you give. <laughs> well, there's a little Ray standing at the counter of the corner shop. He's been waiting back there, waiting half a day. Anyway. In my own um, <clears throat> Yeah. Messalina. Yes, so uh, Claudius' feelings seem to be softening, so Narcissus right. takes matters into his own hand. Well, he's got to because since he's the one who's brought this to Claudius, if she somehow, somehow is able to back out of this, you know she's coming after the freedmen, so he's got to do whatever he can, not only for the good of the state, not only for the good of his master, but his own ass. So, yes, she has to go. She has to be dispatched this very night. So I think um, he tells the Praetorian guard and he tells whatever guards, it's like, you know what? I just came out of talking with Claudius and oh man, this guy is devastated. But in between his tears, he said, she's got to go. So if y'all could run off and do that, that'd really be great. So uh, they hunted her down. Uh, She was apparently hiding in the gardens of Lucullus. Ironic. Smoking stogies, like we were. Right. Uh, (laughs) Her mother had a house there, and she was hiding in with her mother. Yeah. When the guards arrived, she was given the option of taking her own life. Oh. She was unable to build up the courage to slit her own throat, and so she was run through with a sword by one of the Praetorian Guards. Damn. Apparently, upon receiving the news, Claudius showed no reaction and simply asked for another chalice of wine. Playing it cool. That's what I'm going to do when Heather comes up to me and she goes, I broke up with um, 
big stud man. What's his name? D'Angelo. I'm going to be like, cool, cool. Not fill my cup. And fill my cup. Yeah. <laughs> fill my cup. So, but yeah, I mean, he can't show, I mean, he's got to be all over the place. Um, I trusted her. She betrayed me. She embarrassed me. I've got these kids. And every time I look at these kids, I'm going to think of their slut whore mom. I mean, it's got to be insane in his head right now. So he just shut down. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, the Roman Senate then ordered a damnatio memorae, so the Messalina's name would be removed from yes. all public and pri- private places and all of her statues would be taken down. Now, by mm. the way, someone recently pointed out to me, damnatio memorae right. is a term that wasn't actually used by ancient Romans. It first appeared oh. in Germany in 1689. Oh. It's a, like a modern Latin term for what they did. I mean, they did it. They right, just didn't right, right. call it. They probably that. call it "fuck right. that bitch," but I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't. That's... I wasn't there. I wasn't there. I guess. Fuck it, as bitchitus. I think it was, <laughs> it was in Latin. Yeah. See, you do speak Latin. Yeah, I fucking. Knew I it. do. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, a little bit. So, why did she Street do it? Latin. Right now, there are there yeah. are several theories. One okay. theory is that right. she wanted to install Solius as emperor, with Solius adopting Britannicus, uh, thereby ensuring her son's. Future, because she was worried that Claudius was weak, Claudius would be assassinated, Uh, there had been several attempts already, so if she just got rid of Claudius and installed Solius as the caretaker emperor, everything would be okay. I'm sorry, I I just got to... I'm going to go ahead and stop you right there. If she wants to get rid of Claudius, bring in someone younger, someone who can defend her, someone who can defend her children... That makes sense, and that's actually happened a whole bunch of times in history. But she goes about it in in the worst possible way, as opposed to focus on one man, you get other people to be loyal to you and to him or whatever. I mean, it's something like this should be done with a scalpel, and she did it with a very wide, um, wet-ass pussy. I mean, she just screwed it up the (laughs) entire... She did the exact opposite of what she needed to do. She went around. She was a bull in a china shop, and she needed to be a little needle, and she handled it horribly. I think that says more about her character than her cunning. Well, maybe the reason she was, you know, so open about it at the end there was Mm -hmm. because that was the day it was going to go down. Narcissus was right. She was going to have him killed as soon as he got back to Rome, or maybe when he was in Ostia. Right. Uh, and immediately go, oh, everyone relax. I've already married this other guy. It's all under control. He's a good yeah. guy. You like him. You know him. He's handsome. Uh, his father was one of Germanicus's top generals, very popular. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Everyone chill the fuck out. Um, so sad that happened to Claudius when he <laughs> accidentally fell off his horse and landed on a sword. Seven uh, times. But... Yeah. You know, his son is still with us, uh, married a new guy, yeah. conveniently just before the accident happened because, you know. What I, are the odds of that? Uh, it yeah. was augury. I, I saw it in the birds. Yeah. Um, Claudius actually asked me to do it. before. last thing he said before he left for Ostia was, listen, while I'm gone, just marry Solias, will you? Just yeah. for me. Uh, it's favorite. okay. we got yeah. like an open thing going on. It's sexy. It's cool. It's modern. Modern, yeah, yeah. But let me ask you this real quick: Would you let her run? Would you let her be your day-to-day operations manager of your business? I mean, she again—if that's her plan, 
where was the other half of it where he dies? I mean, she completely cocked this up. No well, Narcissus, Narcissus fucked the plan up because he told oh, him. gotcha. And he turned around and fucked off. You right. know, he fucked up the plan, right? That's plausible. Okay. Now, the other, the other thing to think about here is Agrippina, Germanicus's only surviving daughter, Caligula's sister, was very ambitious, as we're going to find out. Right. And her young 10-year-old son, Nero, was already making a name for himself. He got more applause than Britannicus at the <sighs> recent secular games. Oh, you better be careful. So maybe she thought, well, I've got to get rid of Nero. I uh, can't really get rid of Nero without getting rid of Claudius because he won't be happy. So I have to get rid of Claudius first, then get rid of Nero and Agrippina. Right. She's, you know, self-preservation, right? right. As we've seen with all of these sorts of stories quite often, it's kill them before they kill me, these yes. sorts of stories, self-preservation. Oh, the secular games, by the way, I, I think we've mentioned them before, I'm not sure, but I think we did back in the Augustus show, a mm. uh, Roman religious celebration that involved sacrifices and theatrical performances held for three days and nights to mark the end of a saeculum. Right. A saeculum. Which is? Was a Supposedly the longest possible length of human life, considered either 100 or 110 Damn. years in length. Mm-hmm. And uh, according to Roman mythology, the secular games began when a Sabine man called Valesius prayed for a cure for his child's illness sure. and was instructed by the gods to sacrifice on the campus Martius to Dispater and Proserpina, the uh, deities of the underworld. Um, Some ancient authors said it went back as far as 509 BCE, but the only clearly attested celebrations under the Roman Republic took place in 249 and the 140s BCE. Right. Uh, And then the games were revived by Augustus in 17 BCE when he was like, you know, let's make Rome great again. Bring back the old religions, bring back the old customs, bring back the old traditions, keep the gods happy. Yes. They started having nocturnal sacrifices on the campus Martius, where they would sacrifice to the fates and the uh, goddesses of childbirth and Terra Mater, Mother Earth. Wow. Now, uh, they, this, there were certain sacrifices apparently only to be performed by married women. I think we talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Each sacrifice was followed by theatrical performances. Then later emperors held celebrations in 88 CE. Right. Uh, 100, years, 100 years after Augustus's. And 204 CE, roughly 110 years. Oh, cool. More like 110. 20-something years, but still. Right. Um, They were also, though, held by Claudius in 47 to celebrate the 800th anniversary of Rome's foundation. Uh. Then that led to a second cycle of games, which were held in 148 and 248, and then, of course, the boring-ass fucking Christian emperors (laughs) abandoned them. So they... Right. They were on a roll. Were no more. Right. Um, As for Nero, Tacitus writes, it was commonly reported that snakes had been seen in his cradle, which they seemed to guard, a fabulous tale invented to match the marvels of other lands. Nero, never a disparager of himself, was wont to say that (laughs) but one snake at most had been seen in his chamber. 
He's like, ah, oh, that story. No, nah, it's nah. not true. It's not true. It's crazy. No, yeah, yeah, you've probably heard that's just, crazy. I don't know. It's, not, yeah. it's just the one snake that used to sleep under my pillow. <laughs> I, I read the story. I think it's in Dio. Dio says that right. uh, Messalina actually sent assassins to kill Nero when he was a baby, uh, but then they saw a snake under his pillow and right. they saw it as a sign that he was protected by the gods and so they went, oh, yeah. fuck no, and they took off. Well, I'm not even going to bring up the fact that you can't see something if it's under a pillow. So just we're going to go right by that. Uh, good story. I'm sure it happened. Well, I think they picked up the pillow to smother him with and mm. saw the snake. Sure, yeah. sure. Okay. Yeah. Now, Agrippina's latest husband, Crispus, had recently died. Uh, some suggest he was poisoned by her so she could Damn. take control of his vast estate. She right. was free to remarry, which made her even a bigger threat for Messalina. Oh, and, of shit. course, Messalina must have known that Claudius's freedmen had turned against her after the execution of Polybius. Mm-hmm. So maybe she felt pressure to move more quickly than she may have otherwise. That makes sense. It's now or never. Tacitus says that Messalina hesitated and that Silius insisted on the marriage. Mm-hmm. But she ultimately gave in because she coveted the name of wife and because Solias was putting a guilt trip on her because he divorced his own wife. Yeah. Well, come on. Come on. I, I divorced. For you. you gotta, we got to do it. we got to do it now. Come right. on, you're making me look like a schmuck here. That's right. Um, <laughs> there is another more modern theory that Messalina and Solias only took part in a religious marriage ceremony, part of a Bacchic ritual. The ceremonies of Bacchus, right, in the midst of celebrating Vinalia, a festival of the grape harvest, mm-hmm. and as I've said uh, many times before, I'm sure that's also probably where the Christian uh, tradition of drinking uh, the wine comes from. This is my blood. Drink this wine. It is right. my blood. As part of the uh. Bacchus fe- uh, grape festival because grapes were the blood of the grape god, Bacchus, mm-hmm. and the Christians, early Christians went, yeah, we'll take that, we like that, we'll take a little <laughs> bit of that, eat this bread, it is my flesh, well, that's from the grain god, yeah, we'll take Boom. a bit of that, bit Done. of that, yeah. bit, of, bit of pagan religion, bit of Greek religion, yeah. bit of Egyptian religion, yeah. smash them all together, what do you got? Bibbly bobbly boo, Christianity. <laughs> right. Um, just to wrap up on Messalina, I know we're a little bit over time, but um, mm-hmm. the poet Juvenal, writing in the late 1st or early 2nd century, mm-hmm. claimed that Messalina used to work secretly all night in a brothel under the name of the She-Wolf. Oh, God, that's hot. Yeah, right? He, this Maybe is what he she's writes. she's just a uh, nymphomaniac. Go ahead. Yeah. Then look at those who rival the gods and hear what Claudius endured. As soon as his wife perceived that her husband was asleep, this august harlot was shameless enough to prefer a common mat to the imperial couch. Assuming a night cowl and attended by a single maid, she issued forth. Then, having concealed her raven locks under a light-coloured wig, she took her place in a brothel reeking with long-used coverlets. Entering an empty cell reserved for herself... She there took her stand under the feigned name of Lysiska, which is uh, She-Wolf. Right. Her nipples bare. 
Amen. And gilded and exposed to view the womb that bore thee, O nobly born Britannicus. Here she graciously received all comers, asking from each his fee. And when at length the keeper dismissed his girls, she remained to the very last before closing her cell, and with passion still raging hot within her, went sorrowfully away. Then exhausted by men, but unsatisfied with soiled cheeks and begrimed with the smoke of lamps, she took back to the imperial pillow all the odours of the stews. I'm, I'm going to have to trick Heather into sex tonight. That was just... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just say, can you just put this wig on and I'm going to call wrong. you She-Wolf. Don't ask. I'm just... Take, take a bite of this cookie. I'll be back in an and hour. I'm gonna pay you, and I'm gonna right. pay you a hundred bucks. Right. Uh, just <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, there's no pride here. And that's, that's can you when you finish with D'Angelo first? Don't clean up. I just want right. to feel the. <laughs> want you dirty, used, spent. So um, he calls her this August harlot, uh, Meritrix that. Augusta, the imperial whore. Right. Apparently that phrase was uh, applied to Messalina in a lot of stuff that was written after Juvenal. Oh, shit. The poet Propertius back earlier had described Cleopatra as Meritrix Regina, the harlot queen. Wow. So he turned her into the imperial whore. Right. But as I said a couple of times, we got to think that all of these stories are some sort of post hoc attempts to destroy her reputation. Put it on her, yeah. Um, why, though? Because she dies, um, you know, yes, some people died. Maybe they didn't want to blame it on Claudius, make him out to be the good guy. She takes the blame for it. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe it's just part of a greater trend to say, well, in the Julio-Claudian years, all these women were whores. Right. Well, the other part of it is Claudius, for um, to a degree, is he's he's got bookends on either side of hideous people. So he does look good, and and if he's the one who's like the best one out of, out of the bunch, then maybe he couldn't be capable of doing all those things. It had to be other people. It had to be his wife. It had to be one of his wives. It had to be his freedmen or whatever. He just seems to be getting a pass after pass after pass. That's just kind of unheard of in history. So something's yeah. going on there. Yeah. Fun fact, American Penthouse star Annika DiLorenzo <laughs> right. played Messalina in both the Caligula film and in a film called Messalina, Messalina that was I, shot I at the same it. time on the same set with the same costumes looking, as Caligula. Looking that up right now. And uh, tr- trust me, I went looking for it, couldn't find oh. it. It's a soft porn film, as is Caligula. Fuck. It was directed by Bruno Corbucci, the younger brother of Sergio Corbucci, mm-hmm. the director of Spaghetti Westerns and Bud Spencer wow. and Terence Hill comedies. He directed Franco Nero in Django. Right. And Burt Reynolds in Navajo Joe. Nice. But it was his younger brother, uh, Bruno Corbucci, who shot this, and apparently the story is, you know, uh, the Caligula had a massive budget, massive sets, costumes, all that, fabulous, as we know. Yeah. And Corbucci was like, well, we can't put no. this to waste. Well, I'll I can shoot another in. film here. Done. Yeah. Just yeah. leave it there. But apparently he didn't tell Guccione. He didn't know. Good this call. guy was just, like, slipping Good it in. Call. He was cuckolding Guccione. 
<laughs> trying to slip one in he to your sets and your location exactly. with your actress, yes. the whole deal, uh, you'll never know. Not so fun paid. facts. Annika was ripped off by Bob Guccione, who she was dating, I think, when they made the film. She wow. was supposedly, he told her she would play Sazonia. Right. And then, and then you know, went to, uh, what's her face? Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren. And, and she was like, well, you promised me. And he was like, well, baby, 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 come on. Yeah. Like, I love you. You know that. But uh, I get to see Helen Mirren naked. She Are does- you fucking kidding me? She does cock talk, so I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, I love you and all <laughs> not, that, but, not uh, sorry, but I get to see Helen Mirren. So she got to play Messalina instead. And then he told her Uh-oh. he was only going to pay her 500 bucks to be in the film, but she would get a percentage of the gross or something. Oh, that's bullshit. Um, and he, he compelled her to have sex with his business associates. Uh, she sued him, won like $4 million, and then lost it on appeal Oh. And she was found drowned in 2011 in either a suicide or a murder. Jesus. Soft porn. Watch it, but don't be in it, kids. It's it's just not worth it. That's, that's a new coffee mug. <laughs> Ray says soft porn. Be in it. No, watch it. Don't be in it. <laughs> Uncle Ray's corner. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So in the end, Messalina was the victim of the kind of courtly intrigue that she had supposedly used herself against many of her enemies, yeah. if any of this is actually true. And so now Claudius needs a new wife. Yes. And that is where we're going to end this rather long episode. And it's also the last episode uh, I <laughs> will ever record for this series. Way to go out. Because as we know, right. I sadly yeah. passed away. In a bizarre accident, the fact that Chrissy made me take out a new life insurance policy the day yeah. before, uh, and uh, your name was also on it, right? Uh, right. Complete coincidence, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. <clears throat> I'd like to thank you uh, for all of the fun we've had over the years, Ray, Aww. and uh, best of luck in uh, finding a new co-host to right. continue with, Chrissy. Um, Sorry. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, may the force be with you all, D'Angelo. Anyway. Take care. Senators, senators, I understand you do not want another emperor, but it seems you have been given one. I sympathize with you. I do not want to be an emperor, but it seems I have been chosen one. Perhaps you would take a little moment to sympathize with me.